Are there any good-looking podcast listeners out there tonight? Soccer dude, rockin' America. He doesn't know soccer, but he's gonna talk about soccer dude, rockin' America. Tactical analysis. Transfer news. Unlikely. Hey, that's not what I wrote. I don't really care. We're going with it now. All right. Soccer new back in America. Soccer new back in America. Featuring person talking about soccer lots. <laughs> Hello and welcome to episode number 171. Yeah, channeling my poor man's uh, Jack Black there. <laughs> Soccer New Rock in America featuring Person New, my 11-year-old daughter, who will be on the countdown duties today. Thanks so much for tuning in. We are here to give you 10 mini-match previews from some of the very best important matches all over the world. And that's the way we define that, and we do it differently than anybody else. We're going to be looking at big leagues and big tournaments, but we will go to top-flight leagues and tournaments in smaller countries as well. As we like to say, if it's important where it's being played, it's on our radar. And we'll learn a lot of trivia, a lot of geography, culture, just tons of fun to be had as we learn about soccer and learn about the world through the lens of soccer. This particular week, our match previews are going to be from Friday the 19th of January through Thursday the 25th. So, with no more ado, let's dive right in with... March number one! We start our global trek on Friday in one of the two huge international tournaments going on, the AFC Asian Cup. This is their continental championship in Asia. They are in the group stage. The entire event is being hosted in the nation of uh, Qatar. There are six groups of four left remaining. The top two from each one will advance after the single round robin, plus the four best number three finishers. Best-looking matchup to our eyes looked like number B in their group, Iraq versus number one, Japan. They are tied on points and on goal differential. Japan lead on goals uh, scored as, I believe, the next tiebreaker, 4-3. to three. This is unlikely to all come into play after a couple more games, but it, it's at least worth noting for the moment. And like a lot of the matches, you can catch this one on Paramount+. Plus. It's going to be on at 6.30 in the morning. Have it with your bacon and eggs. Wakey, wakey, eggs and bakey. Iraq, they are known as the Lions of Mesopotamia. They are ranked number 67 in the world right now. They've been 20 spots higher than that at their peak ever. That was in 2004. 1986 was the only time, however, that they ever managed to get into the World Cup. However, here on the continental level, this marks their eighth straight Asian Cup appearance. In fact, they even won it in 2007. 2019, the most recent edition, they got as far as the round of 16. They came into this event seated number seven and uh, coming out of the top of uh, pot number two of the four pots from which they are drawing teams. That way there's an even cross-section in each one. In their first match, they beat Indonesia 1-3. They are captained by Jalal Hassan. He is their goalkeeper and plays for domestic club Al-Zarwa. 71 national team appearances over the last dozen years from him. 
On the other side of the spectrum, the scoring, their best offensive player is probably Mohanad Ali. He is a striker, 23 years old, is all from Al Shorta. One wonders, uh, that's a big club over there, one wonders if he might be interested in going over to Europe at some point, chasing the bag, as they say. Uh, clubs as big as Manchester City and Juve have made offers to him in the past. So far, he's preferred to stay in the Middle East. Teams current form, they are 2-4-0 in the 2023 in competitive matches. That included uh, World Cup qualifiers plus a couple other events. And now Japan, nicknamed the Samurai Blue. FIFA ranked number 20 in the world, seeded number one in this event. They have made six straight World Cups, getting into the round of 16 two different times. They're the four-time winners of this event. Most recent one, that's been a minute, 2011. Although in 2019, they didn't miss by much. Last iteration, they were runners-up. In their first match, they beat Vietnam 4-2. to two. Uh, It looks like their scoring is most likely to come from the midfield. I think that, that sort of open play makes for a really interesting game to watch. Uh, big guy to look for is Takumi uh, Minamino. He's their attacking midfielder. Plays for AS Monaco over in the French League. He's got 20 goals and 53 appearances. Almost one every other time he gets out there. That's sensational. And no surprise. I mean, after all, he was with Liverpool for a couple of seasons earlier earlier in his career. Teams current form, they have won 11 straight matches. That includes friendlies along with competitive ones. And they have averaged five games, or excuse me, five goals per match in their last five games. Match number B. We stay on Friday, but head all the way down under for the A-League men of Australia. They play in the Asian Football Confederation, having moved on from Oceania's Football Confederation about a decade or so ago. And they are 12th ranked in Asia. The top six teams will get to go to the playoffs in this league. The winner there will get to go to some sort of international berth. Asia will have three different tournaments. I don't know which one, but I can tell you that the regular season champions will get to go to the AFC Champions League Elite. That is going to be the new name for the top-rated Champions League. And they're just over uh, halfway through the regular season, roughly. Your matchup, number one, Wellington Phoenix. Yes, across the water in New Zealand, taking on number B, Melbourne Victory. They are tied on points in the table. Uh, Wellington, they are ahead on total wins, 7-6. to six. That's your next big tiebreaker. When they played earlier this season in Melbourne, uh, the home team only managed to uh, keep it to a 1-1 draw. Series between these two has been largely in Victory's favor. They've got a 21-8-10 record over the last many years. Let's start with Wellington, though. It's a moderately young club, founded in 2007. 2019-20 was their best ever finish, third place in the league. And they are known as the Knicks for Phoenix or the Yellow Army. They do not happen to be eligible for AFC competitions, which I personally think is a rook because they play over in New Zealand and since that country has an official affiliation with the OFC they do not get to play in AFC competitions last year they finished in sixth place in the league this year very well balanced top four offense top three defense number three goal differential ultimately I don't think by the end of the season that they would be qualifying for one of these postseason spots anyway at the very least I don't think they're going to be atop the table for the regular season 
Probably begging to disagree with a couple of key players for them. Tied for second best in league scoring so far with eight. That is Costa Barbaruses. He is an attacking midfielder, veteran, 33 years old. And then on the defensive side, I like these stats. Uh, he's tied for second in blocks per 90 and tied for third best in clearances. Just absolute defensive stalwart. That is Finn Sermon, center back, only 20 years old. One wonders if a uh, trip over to Europe might not be in the cards at some point. He just made his first new uh, New Zealand national team appearance last year. And then in goal, tied for number one in the league in clean sheets with five, that is Alex Paulson, another youngster, just 21. Team's current form, they are 1-1-1 in their last three, and the defense is really starting to fail them. A 7-8 and eight goal differential over that stretch. And now Melbourne Victory, they're only a little bit uh, older, founded in 2004. They are simply known as the Big V. Four regular season titles. Most recent one was 2018. Twice in the Champions League, they have gotten as far as the round of 16 the last time three years ago. Last year, they were on the other end of the table, way down in 11th place. But much like Major League Soccer, there's a lot of parity in a league like this. It's franchise-based, not grounds-root-originating uh, grounds clubs like you have all over the place in Europe. I think it most makes it more interesting, makes it tough as heck to bet on, though. I just say stay away from this league when it comes to that. Uh, this team has the second-best offense in the league, getting a little over two goals per match, and the number one defense, giving up less than a goal, Every one and uh, or rather, I should say, number one defense, and they give up less than a goal and a quarter per match. And they have the number one overall goal differential by about 50 percent. Key player to look for for them, uh, the number one scorer in the league and by 50 percent and change. That is Bruno Formaroli, an Australian striker, veteran, 36 years old. Uh, best club he's played for is one of the also rans in uh, Serie A over in Italy, Sampdoria. He's been with them a couple different times. And then in goal with four clean sheets is Paul Izzo. Team's current form, well, they're undefeated, but they've had six draws, whereas Wellington have only had three, hence the reason we have such a close race match number three and now your weekend starts in earnest saturday we're headed to the bundesliga on saturday number four leipzig is taking on number one leverkusen yeah it's not bayern munich for a change these matches are going to get better and better as the season goes on we want to know how to bet on it and we're not taking any chances on my limited expertise we are going to go straight to the source of all knowledge from the universal into it infinite our conduit to it is our 3500 year old in-house prognosticator noob stradamus who is about to have i'm sure another drug aided or drug adult vision depending on how you want to look at it and full disclosure you probably shouldn't bet any money on anything he has to say of these take it away almighty soothsayer Well, I guess we're on our own when it comes to betting on the Bundesliga, but hey, the godmother of German punk doing big band? Yeah, it sounded like Nina Hagen to me. 
Go figure. We learn all kinds of things here, soccer and otherwise. That was fun. All right, match number four still on Saturday. We head to the Caribbean to Curacao, where the top flight is called the uh, Prome Division or First Division. Uh, the winners of this will get to go on to the CONCACAF Caribbean Shield. That is a feeder tournament for the one with the professional teams of the Caribbean that feeds the CONCACAF Champions Cup. They're almost two-thirds of the way through the regular season here before they start having their postseason and Kayas or stages. For now, your matchup number one, Sherpenhuvel versus number B, Young Columbia. Thank you for the Gazoon Tide. I appreciate that. Sherpenhuvel, they lead Young Columbia by just one point in the table. When they played earlier this season, Sherpenhuvel got the road win 0 1. And we'll talk about them first. That is Dutch for Sharp. Hill, obviously terrain-oriented there, and their nickname is the Pride of Scarpine. I can only assume that Scarpine is a district or some sort of outlying village of the capital city, because I also know they're located roughly there, and that is Willemstad. They have made one CONCACAF Champions Cup appearance that I could find record of. And believe me, there's not a lot of stuff I was finding in my usual sources when it came to Curacao, and that was all the way back in 1967. This season, they are undefeated, but they've only managed draws in five out of their 12 matches, hence the reason we have a race. Last year, they finished in third place. This year, their success is on the backs of their defense almost exclusively. They're below average on offense, but their defense number one by a mile. They're only giving up a little bit more than one goal every other match on average. They've got the third best overall goal differential. Ultimately, I don't think either of those te these teams is going to uh, necessarily be the one that wins it. If it was going to be one of these two, I would bet on Young Columbia. Nevertheless, team's current form, uh, their win over Central Barber finally got them off a streak of three straight draws. And now the Sharks of Young Columbia, that is also a capital city team. They play in a one-time fishing village in the metro called Saint-Michel. They have won that I know of the league 12 different times. The last time I saw it was 2000, and I wouldn't be surprised to find out that they've won it since then as well. They've made at least 10 CONCACAF Champions Cup appearances. Most recent one I found record of was 1994, and that twice they have finished runners-up in that event, last time 1979. If Schrippenhuvel are the uh, irresistible force, this is the immovable object. They have the number one offense going by a mile, getting almost three goals per match. Will they be able to control the pace and take control of this race? I think so, but boy, if I could find it on a platform, I still wouldn't bet the farm on it. Uh, they've only got the fourth best defense, giving up one and a quarter goals per match. Number one overall goal differential, though. Team's current form, uh, they just had a loss versus number three, Centro Domingo, at home, no less. And that's a reason I think Centro Domingo could come up and take the title eventually. But that snapped a five-match unbeaten streak for them. Match number five. Back to Europe we go. Flip the calendar page to Sunday. We're in the microstate of Andorra up in the mountains for the Primera Divisio battle. This is only the number one, 51 ranked league in all of UEFA, and there are only 55 nations currently listed for UEFA. But hey, we follow the footy everywhere. Their champion still gets to go to the Champions League. They will send their runners-up and the next team down in the table to the Europa Conference League. All of these teams will have to start in the first qualifying round of those tournaments. They're a little over a third of the way through the season in this triple round Robin affair. Your matchup, number one, UE Santa Coloma. And you're going to hear me say the full name several times because there's a different one that's two other letters, Santa Coloma, in this league. And God forbid we have any confusion in the mountainous terrain of Andorra. You could get lost. It's true. 
And they're playing host to number B, Interclube Descaldes. Uh, UE Santa Coloba, they lead by two points right now, and they won earlier this season also at their place, two to one. Interclube will get to host the third and final one later on in the year. All right, your hosts, they play in Coloma, which is uh, about a mile from the capital, Andorra La Vella, and they are known as the Squirrels. I believe in Latin that their crest slogan reads, I'm a little rusty on my classics, but uh, they're trying to get a nut to move your butt. No, and I've been I've been looking at uh, I've been looking at uh, biblical Greek too long. That can't be right for the Latin, could it? Let's hope so. Ha. Huh. They've never won the league title that I can find record of. Twice they have finished runners-up, though, 2013-14. They've made most of their international appearances at the Europa League, the secondary level. One time they've played in the Europa Conference League. They've never gotten past the first qualifying round. Last year, didn't go anywhere. Finished in fourth place. This year, very good offense, amazing defense, tied for number one in that regard, only giving up two goals every three matches on average. They're not my favorites to win the league, but they will be in the race through the end of the season. Uh, number five score in the league is there's a boast of. He's got seven. That is Salomon Obama from Equatorial Guinea. Yeah, what a strange pairing of countries it feels like. He plays forward for them, 23 years old. He came up with Atletico Madrid, so now it makes a little more sense since those are neighboring countries you know, uh, Andorra and Spain. But he didn't actually ever appear for the senior team in Madrid. He was playing for their B team after coming up through their youth system, I believe. Team's current form, five straight wins they've gotten since their only loss of the season. And now Interclube playing out of Escaldes-Endorgani, uh, which would have made for an even longer club name if they decided to try the whole thing there. Uh, that town is in the south-central part of the microstate, about 14,000 people there. It's the second most popular parish after the one in which the capital resides. Last year, they were uh, league runners-up. They have won three league titles before, uh, three straight from 2019 through 22. Never have been past the second qualifying round of like the Europa League, the Europa Conference League. That's pretty good, in my opinion, for a team from a microstate to begin with. They have the number one defense in the league going, number one goal differential, and get three and a quarters goals to go with it. They will be overtaking UE Santa Coloma. In fact, while you probably won't find it on a place like DraftKings or FanDuel. You might have to find a, a platform uh, overseas that will allow you to play here if you're part of our American audience, but I would place a bet right now at just about any odds for Interclube to be the ones to win this league. They've got their number one league score with a dozen already from Morocco. That is Domi Berlanga, who started his career with Mallorca's B team over in Spain. Teams score informed they've had nine straight wins since their only loss of the season. They just gave up their first goal in six matches in a 3-1 win over, I think, number three, Keroy. Person who has been training our cats to jump up for boops on the nose. But all they really want to do in return is tell you that they want a recap of last week's matches and they will mule for it, so they shall have it. Match number one last week was a Friday match from the AFC Asian Cup group stage. It was Qatar versus Lebanon, and Qatar got a big old 3-0 win. Match number B from Saturday from the German Bundesliga. Leipzig in fourth place versus Frankfurt in sixth. 
Uh, this one went to Frankfurt, nil one. No change in the table between those two, though. From La Liga in Spain, it was another number four versus number six match. Uh, Athletic Club Bilbao versus Real Sociedad, and it was Bilbao getting the win two to one. That moved them up into third place. Match number four from the AFCON, the Continental Championship in Africa, number fifty, Euro hosts Ivory Coast versus number one oh six Guinea Bissau, and it was Ivory Coast getting an easy win two nil. Match number five from the Era in the Netherlands, number three FC Twente played host to number four AZ Alkmaar, and Twente got the home win two nil. Uh, we didn't say to look for him, but we should have. No, we did. Manfred Ugalde, yeah, from Concacaf land, somewhere in Central America, he got a brace of goals. Nevertheless, no change in the table there. Speaking of Concacaf, match number six was from French Guiana's Regional one, number B Coro played number one at Trois Maturi, and it was Maturi getting the road win, impressively one to two, but no change in the table there, of course. Sunday, match number seven from the Greek Super Super League, number B, AEK Athens versus number one, Panathinaikos. They played to a 2-2 draw. For a, for Ayek, uh, Levi Garcia had a brace of goals, and they both got overtaken and each slid one spot down in the table. Match number eight from the Togo Championnat National, number four, Gomito took on number one, Asko Dakara, and it was Kara getting a no one win, no change at the table for either team there. Thursday, match number nine from the Copa del Rey in Spain, round of six. 16 FA Cup, Atletico Madrid versus Real Madrid. Atletico defended their home turf big time with a 4-2 win. And match number 10 from Colombia's Primera A final, Junior FC. They played Milenarios and got a 1-0 win. Carlos Baca that we said to look for had a goal. And now your bonus matches with explanations to come later. Saturday's route of the week was from Cambodia's Premier League. Number B, Phnom Penh versus number 10, Kiravon Saksenche. And it was, uh, it turned out I had had one of the teams wrong. It was number one, Sviad Rang, that was actually uh, the home team, and they uh, they won 4-0. Uh, the most winless match of the world was a Saturday match. I know. Whoops. From the Premier League in Bermuda, number five, Paget Lions versus number four, Hamilton Parish. They played to a 2-2 draw. No change in the table there, as is appropriate in the meaningless match. And then finally, your match of Disappointed Thursday from the Premier League in Ethiopia. Number 16, last place, Hembariko Dorame played number 15, Shashemane and it was Shashemene City getting the nail three win. No change in the table there either. That concludes your recap of last week's matches. Now let's get back into previewing the upcoming week's matches with... Match number six. Match number six. This is our traditional time where I let my daughter, Person Noob, take over with her endangered Aminals segment. Aminals from around the world, for which we have not picked a melody. Oh, yeah, in her words. Uh, this is sort of a review, which is why we've uh, moved this to this particular slot. The Lesotho Premier League, the top two, I believe they were supposed to play last week and it got pushed. By the way, Lesotho, tiny little country that is completely surrounded. Uh, it is enclaved within South Africa. Kind of cool. They're about halfway through their season there. Only the champion will get to go uh, to the Champions League. Number one, Matlama taking on number B, Leoli. Their lead is two points. The animal that I'm going to give, since she's not here, I want to keep things pretty short, so I picked a fish because I don't have a lot on it, so it won't take very long, but it is really cool just because it is the only freshwater fish and the only animal that I found in a brief search that is endemic exclusively to 
the tiny nation of Lesotho. It is called the Maluti or Maloti Minnow, and it's not really a minnow. It's probably better to call it the Maluti Red Fin. It is a ray-finned fish, uh, which means it is a very uh, long Latin-y looking word. Uh, Actinoterygy, with two eyes on the end, pretty cool. Part of the carp family, basically. A main threat to this thing, it's uh, Lesotho is in the most developed nation in the world. So unlike a lot of animals, it's not in danger primarily by human activity, but rather invasive species, especially the smallmouth yellowfish. And if you really want to have some fun, here's the Latin name. Pseudobarbus quathlumbe. Pseudobarbus quathlumbe. Red leather, yellow leather. That's a good, uh, it's a good warm up to do before uh, recording these things or doing my... Uh, country music radio show that I have for my regular job. So there you have it, an endangered animal. Hopefully it can last and take care of some of these invasive species. I don't really know what's being done to protect it, but this has been Aminals from Around the World. Oh yeah. Match number eight. Lots of big doings going on in Africa, both obviously in league play. And now for match number eight on Monday, internationally, the AFCON tournament continues in its group stage. That is the continental tournament for national teams all over Africa being played entirely in Ivory Coast. The teams that are alive, it's just like the Asian one we talked about earlier. There are six groups of four. The top two from each group will advance, plus the four best number three finishers. Matchup we're going to look at in this group Wow, this has been an interesting one. Number one on the group right now, Cape Verde. Yeah, taking on number B, Egypt. Uh, right now, Cape Verde lead Egypt 3-2 to two in the table. And Cape Verde have a match in hand on Egypt, at least at the time that I scouted it. You can catch this edition 3 o'clock in the afternoon Eastern Time of the U.S. on B in Sports or on the streaming service Fanaties. All right, Cape Verde, they are known as the Blue Sharks. They were drawn out of pot number three, so they are not one of your favorites to even finish in the top two, at least they weren't coming in. Their uh, seed for the event would be number 14. They are FIFA ranked number 71 in the world, and uh, back eight years ago, they got as high as number 27. That said, they've never been to a World Cup. However, this is their fourth ever AFCON appearance and their last appearance in 2021 was their best ever finish. They made the round of 16. In their first group stage match this iteration, they upset Ghana 1-2. to two. That's quite a scalp to get. And they got a goal from Dutch-born uh, Hamiro Montairo, a midfielder. Yes, MLN fa MLS fans, uh, plays for the Earthquakes of San Jose. Yeah, you've got a reason to root. Uh, their other goal came from uh, another Dutch-born player. They got a lot of those. Gary Rodriguez. Uh, he is a winger that plays for a uh, Turkish top flight side, Ankara Gusu. Biggest club he's ever played for is a sort of yo-yo club between the top two flights in Spain, Elche. Team's current form, they were 1-1-1 one, one, and one in the World Cup qualifiers and a friendly coming into this group stage and had a 2-2 two and two goal differential over that period. So this is a team that'll uh, play things pretty tight, try to go for a low score, especially against the likes of Egypt more than likely, who are known as the Pharaohs. They are your event number five seed, your favorites to win the group coming in. FIFA ranked number 35. They cracked the top 10, got, yeah, up to number nine in 2010. They are the seven time winners of this event, though they haven't won it since 2010. And yet, despite all that continental success, they've actually, interestingly and surprisingly to me, only made three World Cups. In 1934, they made the round of 16. That's their best ever finished. 2018 was their most recent appearance, and they made the group stage. 
their first two matches, they have had draws. Only 2-2 against Mozambique. That was a real surprise. And then uh, the other one that they should have been competing with uh, for number one in this group, Ghana, they also had a 2-2 draw. Their MVP, who is injured right now, that's really hurting them, is Mohamed Salah, right winger for Liverpool over in the Premier League. So the guy you want to keep an eye open for uh, with two event goals so far is their striker, Mustafa Mohamed. He uh, plays for Nantes currently over in the French League One. He's got nine goals in 34 matches internationally. That is a pretty good clip. Team's current form, they came into the event on a three-match win streak with a cartoonish 10 versus no goal differential. That included two World Cup qualifying matches as well as a friendly. Match number nine. After all this tracking new bites, if I may still affectionately refer to you as such, you get Tuesday off and then we're back in action sort of on Wednesday. Heading to South America, or we could, for a match in Colombia, which they have billed in one sense as the 2023 final. Second leg out of a home and away, two-legged tie. We talked about the first leg last week and uh, Junior FC beat Milenarios, your uh, Apertura and Clausura stage champions, uh, respectively, one to nil in that one. But it turns out that this, well, first of all, I knew it wasn't that important a match in a certain regard because there's no international berth at stake. You don't get into the Copa Libertadores or the Copa Sudamericana uh, by virtue of winning the overall national title. Well, as it turns out, who even knows how many starters they're playing? Turns out this thing is a Super Cup. And if you're a longtime fan, you know that glorified exhibitions to kick off the following year's season are of no interest to us here in the land of noob. And so we are going to instead take a culture break, which sometimes means art, architecture, folklore, a variety of other things. But in this case, as it so often does, it means food. And we're going to go to, uh, we're going to talk about a specialty right there in the capital city of Bogota called Ajiaco Santa Farino. There are actually a lot of different versions of Ajiaco, and most would say that it actually got its start in Cuba under that name and named after the aji pepper. Not that that is going to be in this particular recipe, but the Santa Farino style is very specific to the capital city of Colombia. This is a very thick soup. It is a comfort food. Uh, chicken probably slightly shredded with three kinds of potatoes uh, as well as uh, corn and a spice called guasca. Now, if you're going to make this really traditionally, here's some things you're going to find with any specific recipe. You're going to need red, white, and then small yellow potatoes from the Andes that are called uh, papa criolla or papa criolla. I'm not sure about the uh, pronunciation there. You should be able to find it in the United States in most Latin markets. Unfortunately, you're not going to find it fresh. They're going to be frozen. And then Guasca. That goes by just a whole bunch of names all over the country and the world. In the U.S., it's simply considered a weed, and it is uh, called uh, Gallant Soldier here. The taste that it adds to this recipe is very earthy, and it's a bittersweet herb. I was told, that, or I read that it was uh, kind of a combination of lime, uh, peanuts, and something else. Very interesting. You're probably not going to find this in any even Latin markets in the U.S. You're going to have to order it dried and online, or if you want to, you can substitute dried oregano. The corn, by the way, should be chunks specifically of corn right on the cob. Don't, don't, uh, 
you know, don't try to peel that stuff off or anything like that. Just cook the whole chunk in there. That is part of the today, the taste. Traditionally, this is cooked in a clay pot in Bogota, but you're probably going to have some sort of, uh, you know, cast iron or other type of metal pot, and that is okay. And to be most traditional, you're going to want to serve this uh, with cold capers and heavy cream on the side, which you your guests can that add on to the hot soup. So if that sounds interesting to you, go ahead and try to find a very specific Colombian restaurant. You might not see the Santa Fereno name, or Santa Fereno, I should say, but look for Ajiaco. That is A-J-I-A-C-O. And match number 10. We're done. Finally! Yes, daughter dearest, we have reached the finale of our main 10, but let's not forget we've got our three super cool bonus matches to get to after this for match number 10, and it's overdue. We're heading over to the women's side of the ball and back to Europe we go. They're uh, well into their group stage for the Champions League. Four groups of four are all doing battle at a double round robin in each group. The top two from each one will advance, and then there will be none more. There are four matches in already, and by the way, finishing first versus second place in each group does matter in terms of how you're going to be seated for the knockout stage after this round. The group matchup we're going to look at, number B in their group, BK Hacken out of Sweden versus number three, Paris FC. Hacken won the first one, nil, one on the road quite impressively. A quick look at the table, or the, the relevant part anyway. Chelsea lead with seven points, Hacken have six, and Paris FC have five. The fourth place team, don't remember who it was, but I do know they're mathematically out of it. You can catch this particular match, 1245 Eastern in the U.S. on streaming platform DAZN USA. Hacken, they are known as the Wasps. That is not the name of the club, by the way. That translates to Hedge. They are named for the absolutely monstrous one that surrounds the men's club grounds. And by the way, just as a side note, they're affiliated with the men's club, but they're technically not part of the same company. It's a very interesting relationship. Their first two Champions League appearances came in the early 2010s, and they made the quarterfinals, best they've ever done. Last year, they lost in the second of the two qualifying rounds to PSG. That is a tough draw for a qualifying round. PSG are usually one of your favorites to win the entire thing and get to start in the group stage. This team qualified for this year's iteration by finishing in second place in the 2022 league season called, in Sweden, the Damos Ventskan. They entered this event in the second qualifying round this year. In the, here in the group stage, they've got a 2-1-1 record, second-best offense and defense and goal differential. I believe they will be advancing. They just finished, by the way, their 2023 league season and finished in second place once again. One little tiny point in goal differential behind league champions Hamarby out so close to getting the crown or tiara or whatever the phrasing would be key players to look for top 10 score from their league play with a dozen was Rof, uh, Rosa uh, Kafayi she's a midfielder just 20 years old and just got her first national team appearance by the way last year Team's current form in their last two matches, they're just 0-1-1. Although, in fairness, those were both against Chelsea. They had to play them back-to-back, -back, the favorites to win the group. And now your visitors, Paris FC. Don't confuse them with PSG, one of the reigning all-time greats in the world. But they're pretty good in their own right, although I'm not sure I would pick them to advance here. 
This is a team that actually wasn't even fully professional until 2017 when the men's club by the same name bought them. Last year, uh, they got as far as the first qualifying round final. Yes, the first qualifying round in the Champions League in Europe for the gals uh, involves three or four teams in bracketed play and only one gets to uh, advance. 2012-13, they made the Champions League semifinal and that is the best they've ever done. They qualified for this year event uh, this year's event by finishing in third place in the 2022-23 top flight for the gals there in France and once again had to enter at the first qualifying round. Here in group group play, they've got a top three offense, but they're tied for the worst on defense, giving up one and three quarters goals per match. Again, this isn't a team that uh, I would bet the farm against, but they're not my pick to be one of the top two. Currently, they are in third place in league play once again. Key player to look for. This is one of the names to know in all of French football. Tied for number four in league scoring with seven is Eugenie Lesommer. She is a 34-year-old veteran forward, all-time French women's national team scoring league. She is netted over 90. Team's current form, not too shiny, just 1-0-2 in their last three between league play and this event. But those have been against three of the best clubs in the entire world, quite frankly. So 1-0-2 isn't all that bad. Bring forth the bonus matches! Christopher Walken may want more cowbell, but we like our gong just fine. All right, time for the first of our three bonus matches. Quite unique. The first is a first versus last place matchup. My daughter dramatically calls the... Route, 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 route of, 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 of the week, 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 week. And we head to the Caribbean on Saturday for a match from the Division of Honor, and that is in Guadeloupe. The winner will get to go to the CONCACAF Caribbean Shield, as I believe we mentioned before, a feeder for a different Caribbean tournament that works its way up the international berth ladder all the way to the CONCACAF Champions Cup eventually. On the other end of things, equally relevant for this roadkill match, three of the teams are going to get relegated. They are roughly halfway through the season. Your matchup. Number one, Sporting by Mahalt versus number 15, last place, CERFA. Uh, by Mahalt, they lead number B, Agossier, by three points, and they have a match in hand, so they're really in the driver's seat. But they're not going to fall asleep even for a match like this. Meanwhile, Surfa, they trail number 12, USBM, by six points, and that... Uh, that is the demarcation point of safety for them. They've got to get that high and overtake that team if they don't want to get relegated. Surfa, by the way, they've got a real shot at it. They've got maybe just not this day. They've got one or two matches in hand on clubs numbers 12 through 14 in the league. All right, just a little bit on each. First of all, SBM by Mahalt. Uh, that, by the way, is the name of a commune that covers the area that uh, sits right between the two main islands of Grand Terre and Bas Terre. It is the second most populated commune with about 30,000 people, and it is easily the most industrialized thanks to the Jari district. It's also on a plain, which means it's really good for sugarcane. That is a massive uh, economy crop there. 
Last year, when the league was divided in half into two groups, they finished in fifth place in their group of nine. This year, they are tied for second best on offense, getting almost two goals per match and have a top four defense to go with it. Second best in overall goal differential. Not my favorites to win, just to win this day, as you would imagine. Team's current form, they are 3-1-0 in their last four with a 7-1 goal differential. And then Center Elite de Région Française d'Amérique FC. Uh, that might be somewhere close. They play in the uh, uh, Point uh, Peter uh, region, which is the capital. Last year, they actually finished right behind their opponents today in that group that I mentioned. This year, the problem is the defense. They are the worst in that regard in the entire league, giving up two and two-thirds goals per match. Offense, they're only getting exactly one per match. Um, I don't think they're going to finish in last place because of the matches in hand that they have, but they're not going to escape the relegation uh, <clears throat> zone by the end of the season. So it's good that we get to know a tiny bit about them before they leave. And they are 0-2-3 in their last five. Could you be the most meaningless match in the world? Yes, you could. You're so boring. Nobody else is talking about them, and certainly nobody else is giving them what they deserve deep down, which is celebration in song. The most meaningless match in the world is not about where they're from. It's about where they are on the table, more or less smack dab in the middle. Not going to get relegated more than likely and aren't going to be going in international competitions. Saturday is your most meaningless match in the world from the Premier League of Cambodia. It's a, a little bit below average of the league associations in Asia, ranked at number 30 in the AFC. The winner will go to a new tournament next year called the AFC Challenge League. This is the equivalent to Europe's Europa Conference League. It is the third best one. This is the last match of the regular season right before the league divides in half into championship and relegation rounds. It's not entirely meaningless, actually, for one of the two teams. If it's important enough to them to finish in the top half, they won't be competing for the title. Your matchup is number six, National Defense, often often commonly called Tiffy Army, versus Dankor Senche. They're in fifth place. Uh, Right now, Dankor, they lead by three points. Now, Dankor could possibly make the top four and therefore the championship round if they get a win on this day and they got to get some help from a team ahead of them. Uh, Meanwhile, National Defense, they mathematically cannot crack the top four. Both of them are miles ahead of the last place team. So if they both end up at the relegation zone, which is uh, in the second half of the league, neither of them is likely to drop down into last place and get relegated. All right, National Defense, they play out of the capital city of Phnom Penh, and three times they have finished runners-up in this league. Last time was 2017. Last year, the league was only eight teams deep. This year, it's got 10. They finished in sixth place. This year, the offense a little bit below average. The defense a little bit better than average. They give up just shy of one and a half goals per match. Key player to look for out of them, tied for fifth best in league scoring, not so meaningless with eight, is uh, Enhian Sosadan, a homegrown attacking midfielder just 21 years old. He's already made it four national team appearances. Teams current form, they're on their way up slightly, 2-2-0 in their last four. And now Dankor Senche, they're also out of the capital city and are known as the Elephants. And they're cut and they're, uh, I don't mean to be insensitive because this might be like a, a folklore or a deistic religious thing, I don't know. But their crest is flat out creepy to my Western eyes. It features a trunked, tuskless elephant face on a human body with like, you know, big forearms coming out of it. You know, it's kind of nightmare fuel. They're also a capital city team playing out of Phnom Penh, founded in 2016. 
Uh, they are well below average on offense, not getting much better than one goal per match. They're only a little bit below average on defense. On the scoring leaderboard for them, key player with seven on the year is Louis Willie Ndongo out of Cameroon. Now it is time to unleash all your bile and vitriol. This is the match of... Disappointed! As, as Kevin Sorbo knows, I'm sure this is where two teams that are in last and second to last place from somewhere in the world are going to do something that I suppose we could call battle. Probably more look like a pillow fight than anything. It's going to be a Tuesday match from the second division in Scotland where the champion will be auto-promoted. Not that that's really relevant to this particular group. Uh, more likely they're going to be relegated. One, that will happen automatically. Two, the other one will have a chance to fight for their second division lives against a third division team just to stay up this high. They're a bit, uh, a little bit over halfway through the quadruple round robin season. Your matchup is number nine, Air United versus number 10, last place, Arbroath United. Air currently to lead Arbroath by two points in the table and trail number eight, uh, Queens Park Rangers by just one goal. Not goal differential, one goal. So yeah, there are a couple tiebreakers deep right there. Series between these two has been pretty even. Air have had a slight advantage over the last several years. 11-7 and 10 has been the record, but it was Arbroath that run at their place earlier this season for their first of the four matchups, 2-1. to one. All right, first, Air United. Air is also the name of the town out of which they play. It's got less than 50,000 people, I think. It's on the southwest coast of Scotland. And uh, less than a decade ago, they were ranked the second healthiest city in all of the UK, maybe eating just a touch less fried fish than everybody else. But they're in some real trouble here unless they get an interim uh, manager bounce. They just uh, parted ways, let's say, diplomatically with their manager, Lee Bullen. They are known as the Honest Men, which is pretty cool. Uh, it comes from a uh, poem, a famous one by Robert Burns from the area. I love stuff like this. There's also a Spanish team, Gil Vicente, that's named after a theater uh, that's by that same name next door. I believe it was uh, Tam O'Shanter, the name of the poem that the Honest Men reference comes from. Six different times this team has won the second division, but last time was long before it was known as the championship. 1965-66. Last year, they were league runners-up, though. They couldn't quite get through the promotion playoffs and get into to the top flight. <laughs> no chance of that happening this year. Uh, this year in league, the problem has been their defense. They're giving up almost two goals per match. Their offense is a bit closer to average. Overall, they're tied for number eight on goal differential. I don't honestly think they're going to get relegated, but I hate saying that because it's more fun to make fun of these teams. Key players to look for. They've got two guys on the scoring leaderboard with a half dozen. Logan Chalmers and Anton Douds. Team's current form. This looks more like a disappointing kind of team. 0-3-2 in their last five league matches. And now Arbroath. They are known as the Red Lichties, which I think is just a Scottish word for a type of light. Uh, ones that were, are used to guide ships into harbor. In 1885 is this team's claim to fame. They beat a club that doesn't exist anymore called Bon Accord. <laughs> the club probably disbanded right after this win or this loss, I should say, 36 to nothing. That is a record for senior men's football in the entire world. Uh, five times they've been runners up in the second division in Scotland, and the last time wasn't too long ago, 2021-22. Last year, they finished in eighth place. This year, the problem is defense. They are giving up a full two goals per match and have the worst overall goal differential. I have little doubt that this team is going down, even though things are somewhat tight. They're in those last three teams at the bottom.
Begging to disagree with me, I'm sure. Scoring leaderboard resident with six, Jermaine Hyten from across the pond, or not across the pond, but over the border in England. Place forward for them. Guy who came up with Birmingham City. Team's current form, they too are 0-3-2 in their last five. And rather than wishing them good luck or good fortune here at the end of the show, like we do for all the other teams, we will instead heckle and shoo them away in our usual fashion. It was bad. It was awful. I was terrible. Hey, boo. boo. And that's all she wrote. This has been episode number 171 of Soccer Noob Rock in America featuring Person Noob. Thank you very much to he who is known as the management for all of his editing and production wizardry to Dan, the former interno inferno, whose creative efforts and inspirations has always remain on fire to my daughter, person. Thank you very much for squeezing me in between. Oh, I don't know. Going to basketball games now in middle school and all your archery stuff that you're competing in. So proud that you've been doing with me, the, uh, doing this with me over the years and that you continue to do. And thank you to you for finding us, for tuning in, listening all the way through. Hey, we hope you enjoyed it and you'll consider passing us along to your footy-minded friends. Until we do it again in a few days, have yourself a fabulous footy week. Take care.